Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 65. Hardware from 1990. The Undead Wookiee is usually a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Now, like I said, we're going to be bringing you a little bit more content than we normally do just because we're all indoors and I want to do my bit to keep everybody entertained as much as possible. So... Before I introduce my very special co-host on this one and we check out the trailer for hardware, remember, wash your hands, keep the social distancing, stay indoors, look after each other and be safe. Now, let's check out the trailer for hardware. The earth died quickly after the Great War. The seas were deserts of radioactive dust. The skies choked by clouds of poison gas. But beyond the wastelands, a few survived to return to the cities. Where deep in a matrix of flesh and metal, men discovered that a new enemy had been born. century the experiment is out of control us magazine gives it three and a half stars and calls it as terrifying as alien as disturbing as 1984 wor says the most thought-provoking film since a clockwork orange and fangoria magazine calls it the best science fiction horror film of the year hardware you can't stop progress and we are back, and I am joined by my very, very special co-host, Mr. Darren Hall. How the devil are you, sir? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm washing okay. my hands as we speak. <laughs> yes. Uh, randomly, we'll start you're running water throughout the podcast because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I just you know, you, I understand that you've been on a bit of a, uh, an adventure yourself uh, yeah, recently. Yes, yeah, so. my. Yeah, I was uh, I was briefly stuck in Spain, uh, trying to trying to get back and avoid the virus uh, from all angles. But yeah, I'm, I'm safely uh, back at home, self isolating, washing my hands. Well, so, that's uh, what we got to do. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we got to do. And yeah. we are talking hardware. No, it took. And again, we just before we we started recording, I it totally skipped my mind that this was from 1990. Yeah, I can't believe I was ten when this came out, and I think I, it always feels like it's it isn't that old for some reason. I've always had that feeling that actually it isn't as old as it is. It's sort of yeah, which is bizarre, really, because it's because it's it's kicking on a bit now. It is. It is. I, I get a real MTV vibe off this film. Absolutely. Do you know what that is? Ex- I was sat the other day and I was watching it in the living room, and. Between like the sort of um, the Gua video that pops up um, in it, 
the um some of the editing the color you know the lighting um me and my wife were sat there and we look at it and we're like this could quite easily be from the very very sort of those sort of headbangers ball feel yeah it. absolutely it, it has that 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 sort of you know sort of um wild west mtv day feel about it which is which is great which is which is awesome because i absolutely yeah. love i i you know i i do miss mtv when mtv was mtv if that makes sense yeah absolutely batshit crazy music videos yeah and every, everybody trying something new yeah and if it didn't make any sense it didn't matter <laughs> who cared <laughs> And like those, one of the things I always loved, and they was like the like the strange animations that they yes. in at the, you know, uh, brilliant, yeah, absolutely superb, absolutely superb. Because yeah. of course, I mean, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, and I don't, I don't want to jump around the timeline too much on the film, um, but when the when the cyborg rebuilds itself, yeah, and pulling all the wires in it, it just. It just screams Peter Gabriel to me. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this one, of course, um, is directed by Richard Stanley, um, who I think is, I think in, if you if you were to look in the dictionary of cult filmmaker, yeah. I think Richard Stanley would be right up there. Um, I mean, he's recently done uh, the Lovecraft um, with Nic- uh, Lovecraft film with Nicolas Cage, uh, Color Out of Space. Um, yes, which I haven't on my seen. Watch list. It's yeah, all right, but I haven't seen it yet. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and of course, he was um, one of the writers on the infamous um, Island of Doctor Moreau with uh, Val Kilmer. Yeah, one of your favourites. <laughs> Do you know what? There is, some... <laughs> there is something about that. But apparently, um, Richard Stanley is all geared up and ready to go to remake that film. Joking? No, no. It's apparently it is. You know, it is. It's got the green light, and it it could be going ahead. It could uh, be awesome. It could be awesome, or again, we could have Marlon Brando in a moo moo again. Uh, we could. We, we could. could. <laughs> Let, let's go with awesome. Let's yes. go with awesome. It's yeah. going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And like we, you were saying before, uh, we we just started. This stars Dylan McDermott. Um, yeah. Totally forgot he was in it. Totally forgot he was in it. Um, Stacey Travis, John Lynch, who I forgot, yep. um, Carl McCoy, Iggy Pop, or the voice of Iggy Pop. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I love how it says, um, if you look at any any of the artwork around this movie, they talk about Iggy Pop quite a lot, and uh, he's, he's a voice for, yeah. what, three, probably three, four minutes in the entire film. Max, Max. <laughs> uh, Lemmy pops up in this as a taxi driver. Yeah. Uh, Apparently... William- Apparently, Lemmy did this role for a bottle of Jack Daniels, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets to listen to his own track. Well, do you know what's interesting? You know, it's probably the cleanest he's ever looked. Yeah. When he appears on screen, there's nothing. They've really scrubbed him up and put him on there. Um, Also starred William uh, William Hootkins, uh, or Hotkins in this, um, as the pervy sort of voyeur. Who is, it's just disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, I mean, brilliant, brilliant portrayal. But oh, from the guy crushed as tight as you could be in an X-wing, yes. to um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, that sleazy pervert. Um, that is some that's some acting performance right there. Absolutely. Um, and of course, you get Mac McDonnell 
uh, Donald in this, who plays the new cat newscaster. Now, friends uh, like uh, fans of Red Dwarf um, will yes. know him for his sort of recurring role as the captain. Um, yeah. In Red Dwarf, um, great character actor, absolutely superb character actor. Um, so, where are your first memories of this one? Um, just before we get to to first memories, when I was looking into this, yeah. uh, something that you some you guys sometimes chat about uh, the budget on this it made a fortune. Um, so it, it came in at one point five million yeah. on the budget, uh, and it made. Five point seven. Shit, it's that's now that now if you think sort of nineties money, that's a that's a that's a big that's a good haul. That's a it really is. really it good is. haul because, I mean, this is I mean I mean this is a British, uh, film British US um yeah. film um shot in the UK. Yeah, yeah, East London. Um, for it for that to do you know that kind of money, that's very very impressive. That's that's, that's yeah, where you're, going. You're talking 1990 sci-fi horror. Yeah, it's the kind of movie that maybe breaks even, but just, rarely does. Just about maybe. And yeah, you know, you, and it's no go break it, did you? Yeah, yeah, and I'm just saying, and you're talking like a, a a decent profit, a really good profit. So I think I found that I just found that surprising. Yeah, I would, it always gets that sort of idea that it's a genuine sort of... I mean, I suppose this is a... You know, you you could describe this in the sort of... And I hate using the word as cult movie. Um, but it really does have a bit of an underground feel to it because it's, it kind of gets overlooked in lists of things. Um, it kind of sort of... You know, people sort of very rarely go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Um, but it's... But it did really, really well then. Look yeah, at that. yeah. Two point three million in, in its opening weekend, and that's while it still had the X rated attached yeah. to it. Which, yeah, which considering what that usually does to a budget, to a you know a box office, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. More impressive than I ever would have imagined. Absolutely, and if you think really that there's no names in this, no, no, I mean because I mean I suppose Dylan McDermott later on in his career, but yeah. it's hardly a big box office draw. You know, and that's not sort of, yeah. that's not being sort of um, rude or disrespectful to Dylan McDermott, but he's not a name, is he? He's not no. somebody who's going to sort of um, shift a lot of tickets for you. Um, Absolutely. You know, because obviously he's done a lot of, he's, he's been in everything, hasn't he, really? And he's sort of, um, you know, f- from Olympus Has Fallen to um, re- the remake of Miracle on 34th Street, those kind of things, but he's hardly, yeah. Yeah. He's hardly a name. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. But the cast in this, the performances are really good. The performances yeah. are, are top draw. Um, yeah. Particularly Stacey Travis. Yeah, I was going to, I just, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's, um, yeah, she was brilliant. Kind of a, uh, uh, almost a, a Sarah Connor, Ripley, um, you know, badass. Yeah. Did a really, really good job. Really convincing as well. Yeah, yeah, and physical, and really, really physical. Because you know, yeah. doing some of the research on this, you know, she did the majority of her stunts. Wow! Which, wow! And I, because That's I mean, impressive. she throws herself around yeah. a lot. That's, yeah. Um, you know, and it's um, the, you know, this film pulls no punches. It pulls no, no punches, and it is. 
brutally violent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of what's interesting when you look on uh, IMDb, it sort of describes the nudity as moderate. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. I wonder who put that on there. Um, yeah. But it's, um, but yeah, this film pulls no punches. Um, yeah. It's, you know, there's a lot of nudity. Uh, there's a lot of violence. Um, but yeah, to be fair, you know, I mean, even when she sort of throws herself through the shower and into the fridge and, you know, and really, really physical, physical role, she's absolutely superb in it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Superb. And, brilliant performance. Yeah, and you get John Lynch, um, who is a great, you know, again, is a great character actor. Yeah. And I mean, you look at everything that he's done from, um, I mean, you look at him as George Best in the in the biography film of George Best. He's absolutely yeah. superb. Um, you look at him in The Secret Garden, uh, the kids film, and then you yeah. flip, you know, you go back to this, where essentially he plays this sort of, um, how would you describe his character? He's, he's psychedelic. Um He's, he's clearly addicted to something on something throughout the film. So he's got that kind of, you know, um, not quite wired, not quite the, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's all over the place. Um, but he's got like a, a loyalty running through him. Yeah. You know, to, to her more than, than to Mo, who's his, who's his mate. But uh, he's clearly very attached to Jill, yes. Stacey Travis. Um so yeah, it's kind of it's 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 a good performance. He's he's solid solid throughout. I think he's, he sticks he sticks on point. I, I mean, as a character, you wouldn't want to know the guy, but yeah. <laughs> as a performance, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, my the one I still I, I, it's quite a sort of even though given it's quite a sort of you know the it's quite a uh, it's sort of fantastical way out there performance. But it's still quite believable that he's sort of almost like a functioning junkie, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, know, that's a good way to put it. And the the bit I did make me chuckle where he's clearly off his face. He tries to put his trousers on. Yeah, yeah, I love that bit. <laughs> and he just fully just face plants. Um, yeah. But he's such a good, good actor in this. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, we already mentioned Lemmy. He's got a great little cameo. Um and Iggy Pop, I gotta be honest, I did find him a bit of a distraction, though. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't needed that, but I don't know where they picked that up from. It was kind of, I don't know, kind of vanishing point. Yeah, but not not that well done. No, no. I mean, it's not. It's hardly sort of. Um, what's the guy's voice? Uh, did the radio from um, stand-up comedian for Reservoir Dogs? Um, oh yeah, KB. Yeah, yeah, yeah K Billy yeah. Sound of the yeah. That's it. Yeah. Whereas that is sort of that that flows nicely through the film, um, this does feel a bit like a sort of oh that's a bit jarring, and I mean yeah. considering everything that goes on in this film, for, yeah. Iggy, for Iggy Pop to sort of be jarring in the way that he sort of goes for you know he, that he just appears, um, yeah, it does detract a little bit from it, and yeah. he talks up. Oh, sorry, go, no, go, go on. no, 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 go on. And he I talks, was going to say, and he talks over that absolutely awesome theme tune that's in this film yeah the uh this is what you want this is what you get by simon boswell is such a good tune yeah absolutely absolutely and i mean he is 
I mean, he's sort of, you know, he does get a bad rap. And I mean, you know, so you, I think he's kind of like Marmite, isn't he? Some people yeah. really like him, some people don't. But in this, he do, it just doesn't, it's it's a bit of a misfire. It is yeah. a little bit of a misfire in this. So Just not, not needed. And yeah, as you say, jolting. Yes, absolutely. So where did you first come across this one? So I came across this one in one of my favourite ways of finding movies when I was young. Um, we had a long play VHS player, nice. one of those that used to shake the building when you <laughs> when, when you press the eject. Um, and uh, we we also had Sky, um, and I was taping Blade Runner, as you do. Nice theatrical cut um, back in those days, and uh, I. I so I watched I watched Blade Runner, and then after Blade Runner, what had been picked up on the tape was uh, was Hardware, and uh, there are clear influences um, from from Blade Runner to this. Uh, a lot of the the computers and and that kind of, especially when the 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 scrap dealer is going through the schematics. Yes, yes. Feels and the way that he's talking to the computer, and the computer's talking back to him, very Deckard. Yeah. Um, so I can see why Sky put these two movies together. I, I'm glad they did because, uh, yeah, it was an instant favourite for me. It's a great going double bill. Some... Great it double is, bill. yeah. What a double yeah. bill. And going into something like this completely blind as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you don't know where you're going to go from that, those opening scenes with yeah. the scavenger out, you know, with that red hue. Um, yeah, just that had me drawn in you know yeah. that post post-apocalyptic uh scavenger that kind of was always a real a real draw for me anyway in movies yeah so you know left the tape running and and had a an instant favorite back then now, see there is an entire generation of people now who miss out on things like this yeah who just miss out on the joy of stumbling across because nobody really stumbles across anything anymore no, no, it's got to be on trend. You know, people sort of don't just sort of, it's sort of, I think what happened, you know, particularly with like Netflix, whether you, where you all, and it's one of my pet, I love Netflix, don't get me wrong, but there's, one of my pet peeves about it is when you're scrolling through and suddenly it starts playing the trailers. Yeah. And, and it's just, yeah. and you just, uh, it kills it. It absolutely yeah. kills it because all, you know, there are times where the trailers themselves are not great, um, and it and or it may show you the you know the entire film before you even start. But yeah, whereas yeah. you know you you chuck the tape in and you just let it run, um, you know, you you, you, you there was always the chance you were going to get something fantastic, or yeah. if you left it run too late because you were taping something else, you may catch, <laughs> you may catch the first you know the first ten minutes of the adult channel, which was free. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my younger brother was famous for that. <laughs> my, uh, my my dad would be my dad be taping something, and uh, he'd come back from the pub, and right in the middle of the film that my dad was taping, there'd be five minutes of the Playboy Channel, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then back to Sky Movies. <laughs> See again. People are missing that, or yeah. you know, flicking through on the early days of Sky and finding a bit of RTL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was, uh, back to this. Before yeah. we, we stumbled down a, a, an RTL uh, rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, now, that's another podcast. Uh, yeah, that is, that is. Now, 
what I you know for for those of us who sort of you know who missed the sort of you know the synopsis, essentially this is you know this is set in a post-apocalyptic world, and Dylan McDermott's character Moses Baxter, it's a great name yeah. for a character, um, stumbles across um, the remains, I suppose, of some kind of uh, android that he doesn't know what it is really, and he takes it back uh, to his girlfriend, who is some kind of sculptor, some artist, some type of artist. And then it reassembles itself. Yeah, um, and, uh, and and true Peter Gabriel style. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's very sledgehammer. Yes, uh, the way because <laughs> originally uh, when I was reading about this, Richard Stanley wanted to do the entire creature in stop motion. Ah, uh, okay. But he couldn't afford it. Yeah, I can. I can see that. He couldn't afford it, so you can see where they they, they sort of put it together that way. Um, yeah. You know, and to be fair, um, the way that the you know the android itself um, is shot is re- it, it, it looks great, it looks yeah. absolutely superb, and it doesn't. Whereas you look at back, you look back at some sci-fi now, and the, some of the effects date, particularly early CGI. Um, yeah, this is pretty. You know, this still holds up. Um, yeah, and the film almost sort of. Um, it does have a very sort of um, 2000 AD feel to it. It does. It does. And there's a reason for that, isn't there? Yeah. Well, there what you know, it's um, linked to um, a rich, there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, the inspiration for the story in that um, they didn't credit it being inspired by a 2000 AD um, story. Um mm. And it was by, is a Shock Trooper? Yeah, yeah. It was a Shock Trooper story. Um, and if you, it's only in the, like, I think it's in the later DVD releases that that's the first time that, um, St- is it Steve, Mc- Steve McManus? Um, yeah, I'm not sure on that. I just know that there was definitely some, the producers, uh, they were, there were some legal issues that ensured that the writer wasn't aware of. Um, yeah. And he, kind of denied it for a long time uh and then he kind of he said his his influences were soylent green damnation alley anything by philip k dick um but then as time went by he kind of came out and said yeah he was completely surrounded by those comic comics as a kid yeah yeah um so now yeah i mean even on like imdb it it references the comic which is which is I mean, if you, if you look at the story that's in the comic, it, you can't really get away from it. No, and it does feel like it. It, it feels like it belongs in the 2000 AD uh, universe. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I think it's sort of you get the sense that it's the the formation of the mega city after, yeah. like, the, after like a sort of you know massive nuclear you know world nuclear war, and you get the you get the early formation of the mega city. Um, and it's sort of pre the judges. Yeah. Um, I'm a big um, 2000 AD fan. I'm a huge Dead Dread fan anyway. I really, really love um, that universe and that sort of, um, that idea about it, that idea that, you know, and particularly when you think about it, that, you know, the hero is just an out-and-out fascist. Yeah, um, yeah. I used to love martial law. Yeah. That was, the, that was my go-to. Great. Back in the day, that's a great, 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 great book. You know, put you know, there's some great stories out there. Absolutely yeah. great stories out there. 
but you know like you said it does have that mega city feel to it and it's sort of the you know and the one thing i that's always impressed me about this film is it feels grimy yeah you feel like you need a shower after watching it Um, i did get i did make one point in in my notes was so obviously i watched this recorded off off the tv um we didn't we didn't pick up on where you first saw this so we, we should get to that but one thing I noticed, so the, I watched it on Blu-ray this time round. Oh, wow. Uh, and it has lost a little bit of that. Not everything looks better in Blu-ray. That, because yeah, some, yeah. sometimes we need that grain. Absolutely. That, that darkness. That It's a bit too... The opening scene, uh, that red is more of a rose. It's quite tame. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel scorched. Yeah, it doesn't absolutely. feel dirty. And I think sometimes that you know, I think I love the fact that we can go to like people like one hundred and one films and eighty eight films because they do some amazing, amazing releases. Yeah. Um, but when they go back and they really clean up um, some of these films, a great example is um, "Don't Go Into the Woods." Um, yeah which on VHS looks horrific, but it maintains that that, that grimy grindhouse feel to it. On Blu-ray, it's so polished, it just, it just, it takes the edge off it. It really takes the edge off it. And what sort of, you know, was, um, you know, classed as a video nasty, um, now is just kind of a bit like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's a really bad effect. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And, and on the flip side of that, though, Alien in 4K yeah. is like watching a new film. Yeah. Well, you know, but it, it, again, you know, you sort of, I think you sort of, you, you it's, the, it's the, the complete ends of the spectrum, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that, absolutely. You get the, you know, and I think something like Alien will always hold up just because the, you know, the production value on that is just stunning. Just absolutely and both, stunning. And we both are in the same, absolute same camp when it comes to practical effects, and they are the best. Oh, yeah. So. And I think that's why this works. Um, and I think that's why hardware holds up. And yeah. And is because it's practical. I think if they went sort of more computer generated y, sort of, you know, macro any type stuff. It just wouldn't work. It wouldn't have the same. Or if even if they used early green, you know, some of the early green screen stuff, which is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want you know what I sort of came across this. Um, I stumbled across it in the video shop, and I think it was Classic. about fourteen or fifteen, and it was just tucked away. Uh, right out in the corner, and he was the the cover had the big the the head, yeah, the robot head with the like the stars and stripes on it. Fucking and, awesome imagery that. Oh, it's, it's so cool. It is. It's you know, and again, this this is the one thing this film is is very very cool. It is yeah. a very very cool film, and um, there we are. It was one pound fifty for three films. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I had this. Um, Straw Dogs. Oh, yeah, what a film. And, oh, God. I think, memory serves me right. Um, can remember the TV series Tour of Duty? 
Oh yeah, painted black. Yeah, I had the. I think I had the pilot because they released it on VHS. I had the pilot episode. Oh. You know, there we are. I can't remember my pin number, but I can remember <laughs> what I rented for when I, <laughs> when I was fourteen. <laughs> It's important. You know, I walk into the living room and I have no idea why I've walked in. <laughs> but no, I remember the day, what time I rented Mission in Action for the Missing in Action for the first time. But yeah. <laughs> well, it's all for the podcast, mate. You knew it was going to happen. I knew. I knew. Yeah. Yeah. My brain was just sort of making sure that this this useless information was being stored for a reason. But yeah, yeah. I remember taking it home and like, the VHS was a bit battered as well. Um, and it's, it was just superb. It was just absolutely... It was one of those moments where you go, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of... I I just for, forgot about it, really. Um, and it wasn't until you sort of um, suggested, you know, that we cover this, um, that I'd gone back and sort of... Um, I had to go and track down the DVD, actually, um, which is quite a job to do. Yes, it's not. It's not easy. No, and I think I ended it's up not... paying like twelve pound for it. Um, from I think it was eBay. Yeah, it was eBay. I got a twelve pound. Yeah. Um, and it's the ninety nine release. Uh, the nineteen ninety nine release, which is a really really good release. Yeah, yeah. With all the uh, the extra bits. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it just blew me away. Um, and I always sort of, and I, I'd forgotten about sort of like some of the different influences on this. Um, and like you said, we've, we said, you know, got the 2000 AD feel to it. But also, I remember reading a series of science fiction books um, by, uh, they're like sort of post-apocalyptic. It was like Eric Van Lusbader. Um, and one of the characters in his books had like the mechanical hand. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and for, I for donkey's years um i could never ever i get for some reason they were always linked together i couldn't oh what was the bloody was it like the masters oh was it master of pearls or it was it's completely bonkers um, yeah so, you're, lo- you're losing me here so you're you're really out in geeksville yeah anyway it, yes pro- <laughs> my, my nerd points are going up it'll yeah, come to, yeah it'll, it's it'll come to me thing. yeah It'll come to me at some point, but the artwork and all that, and the guy had, like, a mechanical arm. And I remember seeing, like, um, Dylan McDermott's character with a mechanical hand and things, um, which is hilarious because he clearly cut... He's really struggling to work with that. With that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, the, it's, the one, it's the one thing that doesn't hold up for me. It, it's, it looks terrible to me. <laughs> that it just... It, it irritates me a little bit. It looks so, so bad. It's kind of... You mentioned Red Dwarf. Uh, earlier it's 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 kind of that level it looks like one of the scutters uh, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's uh for as good as the cyborg is that hand is as bad yeah yeah you can see where the money got spent yeah yeah you know and like like the um i love the fact that you you, you just got it Mm. there's no backstory there's absolutely (laughs) no backstory he's just got this mechanical hand and everybody's like oh there's Mo. Yeah, with his mechanical with his hand. mechanical hand. Nobody... It's the future. You yeah. can have a mechanical hand. It's fine. It's absolutely it's fine. Even though it looks it's like fine. the Super Nintendo Power Glove. That's it. That's what. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> now the oh, is it they call them the, the the machine the Mark Thirteen? Yes. 
No flesh shall be spared. Yes. Um, 3P. Yes. And what I love about this, this is, you know, because this thing is mean. Yeah. And the way it kills lots of people in this is brutal. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. However, the um, it's one fault. Um is a bit shit. Yeah, yeah. Are we are we not there yet? Are we there yet? I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's have, have a look. Um, one th- so one thing that I that amused me in this film was when Mo and Jill got back together. Yeah. When he he turns up, he's obviously been. I think he's been away on on uh, you know with the military or something like that, or, or he's been up to something, and she, she's not best pleased. She's giving him the cold shoulder for yeah. all uh, all of three minutes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then they go and have a shower together. Yes. And uh, what what one detail that I did like is that he he is absolutely covered in grime. Yes. Like in a lot of movies, you get this. You know, you get to this scene, they get into the shower, and, and everyone's sparkling and got the makeup on. Um, and he he's filthy. Yeah. I just thought it was. Um, I thought it was that. Just that added touch makes makes films that bit better, doesn't it? It's um, it gives it just that extra real. It gives it that extra layer. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it, it's not like they've just had a shower before they get in the shower. Um, it does feel um real. Yeah. Um, and watching him struggle with that giant hand as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, uh, do you get a lot of sensation? You think from a giant metal hand? I well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether he's got different settings on there. I, I, <laughs> I don't. It's, uh, but but and even when he takes his glasses off, um, like his his things, you can actually see the mark still on his face. Yeah, which is great, yeah. which is amazing. Um, and you sort of yeah. you look at all the different sort of, um, essentially the, the, you know where they live in. Yeah, it's like we said earlier. It's like the sort of the start of like the mega the building of the mega city and those kind of things. But it's that real sort of industrial, polluted. Um, everything is re- is ramshackled and is just falling apart or just being yeah. put together. It's great, and it all adds to the, it. All adds to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's got a real desperate feel to it. Everyone's struggling. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody's happy. There's no, there's no happiness. Uh, they're talking about. Um, Population measures, you know, stopping childbirth, fining people who've got too many kids, all, you know, really dark, really dark themes. Uh, and the conspiracy of this is that the the Mark 13 is a population control in itself. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, is ultra dark. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, idea, isn't it, that they've created the Mark 13 and uh, in order to control the population, they're just going to let them loose. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is quite a Judge Dredd kind of sort of answer to everything, isn't it? Yeah. It's that sort of like, well, we got too many people. What can we do? Psychotic killer androids? Yeah. 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 Meeting adjourned. Uh, and it's and it's really hard to kill. Yes. It, it's... Well, it, it is and it isn't. <laughs> yes. Depending on... Uh, yeah. I mean, it would be absolutely fucked if it came to Wales. Oh. No. Oh. 
just the UK in general. Yeah, I, or, I, yeah. especially Wales. Yeah, it would. Yeah, we'd have that sorted easily. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It won't get down the valleys, mate. No, 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 not at all. None of that rubbish here. <laughs> but got, what I thought. Go on. No, break it down. Sorry. Yeah. What what I, what I thought was cool in this, really cool, was the scene um, where she finally cottoned on that this this cyborg was in in her flat and she's looking yeah. for a way to, to defend herself and and she ends up in the kitchen. Uh, I like the uh, the hiding in the fridge bit. Yeah, yeah. Because um, she sussed out that it was using infrared. She, I mean, she's she's really switched on. Um, and then the Mark 13 knocks off the gas pipe, so the gas is running. Yeah. Um, and just that scene where she throws the, the is it a matchbook? Yes, or, no, it's a yeah. cigarette. It's a cigarette. Cigarette, yeah. She lights up her cigarettes and throws it into the room. And it's just that that moment, that catch and explosion yeah. with the music, those three moments combined, that's a really that's a really cool bit of film. I'd love to have seen that in the cinema. That would have been like a a yeah. real moment to to take in, you know, with the, the all that sound around you. Because the music in this film is great. Yeah, I mean, the soundtrack is absolutely superb to this. Yeah, absolutely it really superb. is. And I mean, anyone, any film that can manage to get Guar in there, um, yeah. yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, gotta I'm be. on board because I mean, um, it's got. Um, because John Lydon did some music for this, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, he did. Uh, you got Ace of Spades is in there um, in the scene where Lemmy as the yeah. taxi driver playing his own tune. I uh, love that. Yeah, great, absolutely superb. And I love the fact he's got a massive gun as well yeah. as a taxi yeah. driver. No need, he's just got a massive gun. Yeah. Um, and somebody else in this, um, the guy who plays the Nomad. Um, Carl McCoy. Yeah, because he's yeah. a musician, isn't he? He's a musician. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, oh, what was his? Um, his band was the. Is it Rubicon or the Near Film? Near Film. The field, yeah, the the fields of Near Film, is it? Ne- yeah, Nef- Nephilim, Nephilim, something like Nephilim. that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not up on uh, gothic metal. No, uh, um, it's a genre I'm not familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he—he looks really cool. He, he looks re- when I when I went to the um, Blade Runner Secret Cinema, I took elements of his um, of his costume for my costume. Nice. So yeah, because it was a bit of a inspiration because because the two came together when I watched them. The kind of synonymous to me, um, Blade Runner hardware. Yeah. It's the uh, yeah, the gruesome twosome. It's just, and like I said, if you you know if anybody was going to do a film night, what a way to sort of what a double bill to put together. Yeah. What a what a yeah. double bill because it works so well. Now, one of the things I found out about this when we were talking about the cab, you know, Lemmy being the cab driver, originally it was going to be Sinead O'Connor. Really? Yeah. Originally, oh. it was going to be Sinead O'Connor, which blows my mind. I don't know how well, that would work, but it just blows my mind. It, it has potential to be more cool. Yeah. yeah. In a weird way. Absolutely. Th- yeah. She's so iconic. Yeah. I know Lemmy is as well, but it's kind of... Lemmy fits 
kind of the the, the scene more. Yeah, and but... I don't think you could get. I think Lemmy was too. You know, was very much a two thousand and eighty character by yeah. his own creation. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, now William uh, Hodkins' character, um, Lincoln Weinberg Jr. Wibbly wobbly. Um, wibbly wobbly. Like you said, he's gone from being crammed, you know, jammed into an X-wing, to then, um, spouting some of the filthiest lines. <laughs> I've, I've, it actually shocked me. I think, yeah. I, you know, I think I'm definitely getting older because it did just absolutely take me aback by some of the stuff that he was saying. And apparently, a lot the filthiest lines were ad-libbed by him. Yeah, I've heard this. I've, I've uh. I've heard this as well, and that is he's a he's a filthy man. Yes, yeah. What is going on in your mind to actually come out with that? I yeah. mean, it's just like wow. Oh yeah, God. and is it um is it like a is it a ripped porno mag that he's yes. peering through when he's on the video call? Yes. Which is just That's bizarre and yeah. Oh, <laughs> Creepy as yeah. hell. And how greasy he looks. How did they do that? Is he just covered in Vaseline? I would imagine that they just sort of greased him up and sent him on over. Yeah. But he's yeah, uh, off you go. And if you look on his face, he's got like the uh, like the sort of radiation burns on his face as well. Yeah. He's got, oh, he's just. Oh. It, yeah, he is cringe. Yes, absolutely. Great performance, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Take my hat yeah. off to him. Now, here's an interesting bit of trivia: the storm at the beginning. Yeah. That's a real storm. Wow. Yeah, that, they were out filming, and they, uh, they were out in the desert, and they were filming, and a real storm started. But So they kept the cameras rolling. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good good direction. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about health and safety. We'll keep it going. Yeah. We'll it's keep the it 90s. Going. Yeah. We it's... don't need to fill those forms in yet. Keep no, it going. not yet. But um, that, that opening sequence is amazing. It, like you said, the burnt red. And what I yeah. love is when he picks the skull up, and the sand is yeah. just blowing off. It's 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 superb. Yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's so delicate at first when he's just stroking the sand away. Yeah, uh, he knows he's onto something, and then it kind of speeds up. Yeah, he, he, he wants it out, and then he yeah, and you're right, and then it just yeah blows a yeah blows the sand off. Yeah, it's and the skull the skull itself is just cool. Yeah. And then, then you add the uh, the red, white, and blue to it, and it just pops. Oh, completely, completely, and it just sort of, and again, like we said, you know, it, it, and I hate saying this, it has that MTV feel to it. It does, and it's like, an MTV movie without doubt. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like that generation, and it's almost. And um, you look at the color scheme, though, you could almost argue that it's it's sort of inspired by Argento. With the reds and the blues, uh, yeah, it has that sort of. It does have that. Ita- that you you can see the influences on yeah the Richard Stanley. Oh, the biggest the biggest one is uh, when the cable breaks and she flies through the window. Yes. That's just that is just jello all over. Oh it's, yeah, um, yeah. It's Suspiria. Uh, it's deep red. It's yeah, massive. You can see the influences in that scene. It looks fantastic. Yeah, that bit. it's a great it is, and it's a great practical physical stunt. Um, yeah, and like the after shot where she's lying there, uh, because obviously you know 
spoiler alert here, but you know, I thought she was dead. I did because I'd completely going back. I'd completely obviously going back and watching it again. I'd sort of um, kind of like refreshed my memory. You know, it completely blanked large chunks of this, and I thought, my God, she's dead. Because yeah. the way in which the shape that she gets herself into, um, yeah, it, it, it you know it's you you feel her pain. I think it's one of the it's one of the if if not the best one of the best scenes in in the film. Yeah, it it looks uh, there's the gas explosion looks amazing again with this this the cable break through the window looks amazing sounds amazing the. You know the cue of the sound, uh, you know of the soundtrack, yeah. of the score, couldn't be more perfect at that point. Yeah, because you've got Moe screaming, he's you know he's, he's trying to help her. There's nothing he can do. Cable breaks. She swings through the window, and it just it's as if the music cues as the glass breaks. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's just cool. It's just a really cool scene. Absolutely, and I think one of the things that this film does, and I'd for- and again I'd forgotten about this, um, is towards the end, the film it does tread a very very fine line between mainstream sci-fi and art house. Yeah, because the angles of it get all a bit odd. Yeah, um, the characters get stranger and stranger. Um, and particularly the two security guys. Those guys are useless. <laughs> what are they guarding the building with? One handgun and a baseball bat. Yeah. Um. However, the scene with the door. Oh. Where Before it... we get to that, though. Yeah. From from Jill coming round when we when we find out she hasn't died. Yes. Um. And getting back into the apartment. That scene, I would, I'd love to cut out of that movie because it it becomes almost Monty Python. Yeah, it she's, does. She's, she's trying to hit them with a the baseball bat. Yeah, the you know they're reacting in a way which isn't fitting to the film. It, it's it, kind of like a bit giggly, it, a bit yeah, yeah, slapstick. Absolutely. absolutely, it's. I think you know it does give the vibe almost not not to the same extent of um the coppers who show up in last in the original last house on the left yeah it, it kind of takes away from the drama yeah absolutely and it just lets off some of the tension a little bit there which which is you know it's it's a credit actually to the to what they've built up beforehand and that they're able to get recover the film recovers from it quite well yeah but it but they they do sort of um yeah, it does sort of like take it away. Yeah, it's 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 an unnecessary scene. We don't need to see them travel between the two locations for one, and then the way that it's done. Yeah. In that manner, and then we get to the door, and um, I'll let you tell the good listeners what happens with well, the door. The one gentleman just uh, mistimes himself and ends up getting chopped in half, um, and then they're trying to like pull him back, and they end up like sort of ripping him in half. Um, and it's yeah, nothing cuts yeah. away. Nothing no, cuts it's away. Brutal, it's... and also he um, his last action is to fire his his weapon. Yes, which strikes his partner squarely between the eyes. <laughs> which never, 
never more be, has a shot been more between the uh, yeah more between the eyes than that. Yeah, yeah, and then you get the bit where John Lynch's character Shades does some kind of like kung fu jump through yeah. the door again, which you just think, okay, I know he's off his face, but <laughs> it like yeah, it, yeah. it sort of veers between that sort of. Um, how can I describe it? At times, almost sort of delicatessen esque. Yeah. Moments that sort of um, that really quirky, uh, jarring sort of feel to it. Um, yeah. And then you get like the acid hallucinationy scenes. Um, yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say just before we got to the the fantastic cable scene as well. I mean, one the way the cyborg goes through the window is. Yeah. Strange, strangely perpendicular yeah. to the. <laughs> uh, it just looks odd. Um, and then, have you? Uh, are you a fan of Dark Place? Yes. Gar- yes. So when when Mo gets to the window and he's firing his shotgun, yeah, all over the place. It just takes me to that scene. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. I th- yeah, because all I could think of, isn't this guy supposed to be in the army? Yeah. He's just like the worst shot I've ever seen. And yeah. there are times where the gun doesn't even go off. Exactly. And it just, it's just, it takes me, it took me straight to that scene in Dark Place. Yeah. I mean, I probably do watch Dark Place too much. But uh, yeah, just where he's firing randomly into the air. Yeah. Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I do you know what I, I'm gonna have to go back there and watch Scarf Marine. Yeah, do it, just it's, do it. It's just a superb show. It, it is. is just it's a superb show. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> now, the one thing that I sort of, I sort of instantly sort of got from this film was the sort of how much of a dick Moe actually is from the, from the fact that he just he took off and nobody saw him how arrogant he is when he just swans back in her life and then yeah. when he realizes he can make a quick buck off off what she's bought he disappears again yeah and yeah. then he sort of you know you realize then he sort of you get this sort of almost like um half a con- confession that he's been kicked out of the army and he's been off doing something nefarious yeah which and is he's just, sorry yeah and he's and it's like right she's just been almost murdered and now you're trying to say you, you, now you're confessing it's, it's like, almost as bad as uh, Ross and Friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> the world's biggest douchebag yeah yes yeah absolutely absolutely and then he sort of has you know and then he gets um, injected with a neurotoxin doesn't he yeah, um, yeah. which um, one of the side effects from it is that people enjoy themselves yeah. Start laughing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Don't watch this film if you're um, sensitive to flashing lights. No, there were a couple. I would of, say they would. I mean, if you watch this in the cinema, it's one way to weed out those latent epileptics. Yeah, without um, doubt. It's because flash uh, strobe. I wonder what if they had a strobe budget. Because, yeah. Because it does not stop. It does not stop. Um, 
going to sort of, you know, when we sort of, when you when you go back, going back and looking at this film, though, um, are there any other standout moments for you? The things that sort of, like, stay, you know, are there that just leap out that you think, oh, God, that was so good. Or, and like, or things that you've rediscovered about it. Um, I didn't remember how graphic the arm cutting scene was. Yes. That is gore. Yes. That is advanced gore for the 90s, I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That is, um, it's a fairly brutal scene. Yeah. And then, you know, instant cockroaches as well on your bloody arm. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I really didn't expect that. And just how deep he cuts his arm. Yeah. He's digging um, right in there. He's digging right in there. It's like, oh, oh. yes. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Yeah. Well, it was, it's it's been a long, long time since I, until um, yesterday that I watched this. I I didn't remember how it all ended. So it was kind of uh, a retweet. And it was yes. like you said, um, when she goes through the window and, and it looks like she's dead and then he gets injected, I was thinking it was one of those completely non-Hollywood ending type movies. So I, I thought, is that it? Yeah. Surely Shades is too messed up to do anything. Um, you know, does it, is it one of those where then the cyborg, you know, disappears into into civilization and starts yeah. you know whoa, doing what it does yes so it, it was it was it was good for me to have that again yeah the, the the ending where we realized that it would be very easy to take down the mark 13 yeah with well, a brew well yeah exactly you know because the the big reveal is that this thing can't get wet um, which you think, you know, it's a killing machine and somebody could take it out with a super soaker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the end, after everybody goes through all of this, Iggy Pop announces that they are rolling it out, mass producing it, and that they've sorted out the problem with the water, you know, with the fact that it's now, um, it's it, it, can, it can no longer be disabled by water. Yeah. It's ready to kill. Now, is it... I Still left me thinking, the character that's walking across the sands, is that Jill or is that the Nomad again? I think it's Jill. I thought it was Jill. I thought it was Jill, but I wasn't quite sure. It's one of those yeah. things where you just think, is that the, the guy again or is that Jill suiting up and off she goes? I think it works if it's Jill. Yes, I'd hope it's Jill because otherwise, yeah, it, it's a bit of a, huh? yeah, but yeah. Was it because he's not that guy is basically just gives us a way into the story, doesn't he? It's just yeah. a vehicle to the yeah. story. Yeah, um, he's like the harbinger of doom, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's the classic With his sort of milky yellow glowing eyes. Yes, um, which was a nice touch, I thought as well. Just to stick that in there, um, it looked it looked kind of cool. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's Jill. I in in my mind, it's Jill. Yeah, I thought that, but it was one of those moments where I just I thought, oh, is it? Yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, okay, I'll go with it. 
I'll go with it. Now, did you know, pick up on the shout out to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in this film? I did not. And it's a line from Shades where he says, my heart, it feels like an alligator. Oh, do you know what? I noticed the line, but I didn't make the connection. It took me a little while, and I, I, I sort of, and when I came back across the research, and I had to go back and fast for rewind it again, and it was like, ah, I got all right, okay, I'm with it. And there's loads of little moments in this. There's like obviously there's the lots of the nods to, um, um, to 2000 AD. Um, there's a nod. The original sort of setup for this was that the Nomads character, um, that was pretty much the music video that he shot for their band um, oh. at one oh. point, which was the initial sort of the character would discover the head. And then that was the music that goes kind of like the music video. And that's where it sort of oh, cool. spiraled from. But it is, um, but there's loads of little nods in it. And it's like, um, and like Angry Bob always kind of like sort of um, reminded me of um, oh, the the sort of the announcer um, in the 2000 AD magazines. The, yeah. the guy right at uh, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And it always had, again, had be, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I can't That's believe, why it's in. That's yeah. why it's in, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's the fact that he sort of tried to deny it as well. You just think, oh, come on, you know. You can't sort of take the piss for that. You know, you're taking the piss where you sort of, you know, you've got a film that's set in essentially a big mega city that's completely dilapidated. Um, and you've got the, you know, the almost the rogue, you know, the, the rogue trooper in Dylan McDermott's character. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's that yeah. kind of sort of um, feel to it. Um, anything else that jumps out for you? Um, I don't, I think we've, we've covered... We've covered a lot, haven't we? Um, we have. I've definitely, I thought the guy, the scrapper, the scrap dealer. Yes. Um, what do I know him from? Is is it the same guy that's in Willow? Um, he's he's essentially for a very very long time, and I think he's still going. Um, he is one of those sort of um, sort of go to little people. Actors, yeah, um, who's yeah. been in everything, in absolutely everything, and he pops up in Willow. Um, I think he's even popped up in an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, he has been in loads, absolutely loads and loads and loads. Um, he's a good actor. He's a really, yeah, really yeah, good actor. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think he gets the you know, and his performance in this is really, really good. Yeah, I was going to say he really sells the um, the you know the 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 bargaining grizzled scrap dealer. You know, he's used to he's used to these people coming in trying to get you know make a quick buck, and he's he's having none of it. He, he sells it really well. Yeah, he he played Burglekurt or Burglekut in Willow. Yeah, that's it. Willow. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, and he's he, and I and I like the fact that they don't make him just that sort of random little person in it, just because obviously there's been a nuclear war, so everybody, you know, every there has to be a little person in it. But actually, yeah, yeah. he's a really good actor. Um, his is. performance is excellent in it. Um, he's uh, he died unfortunately in two thousand and four. Oh man, he passed away. I used to, yeah. was, don't think he was particularly old either at the time, so uh, which is a shame. Now, 
What did I've you just got, go, go? Go for it. No, go so, for it. Yeah, I just I just had one one other note, which was um, very typical for these kind of sci-fi sci-fi horrors, nineties, late eighty movie. Everyone's a hacker. Yeah, everyone has that amazing so, ability to do it. Even yeah, the next clearly using a BBC computer. Yeah, yeah. well, her, I mean, her machine looked like it was made out of you know old parts. Yeah, um, found it found in the zone, um, but it was just when she hacked into the Mark Thirteen. Yes, um, and, and she's like, "I'm inside you now." <laughs> I was, I, and I think you were just going to ask what didn't work. Yeah, and I think that that for me is one scene where I was just like, "Ah, oh, come on." Yeah, everyone's a hacker. Everyone's a hacker. Well, because it's, it's easy, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. It's just, like just randomly push keys, and you're when in. When you can, when you can hack into, you know, expensive military hardware. <laughs> why not? Why not yeah. be an artist? Well, exactly, absolutely. Because you know, most you know, like I don't know, I you know, I know quite a few artists. You know, friends of mine are artists, and they're also um, high level hackers as well. Yeah, they, you know, yeah. but you know, they choose not to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the um, for me, I think sometimes I think I think there are times where um, Dylan McDermott's character um, is a little wooden, mm. and yeah. um, there are some scenes that just don't work with him. Uh, there are some scenes where he's he's great, and there are other scenes I don't know whether it's the script. Or um, I know at the time he'd just broken up with Julia Roberts. Okay. So I know he, apparently he was going through a bit of a tough time uh, before beforehand. But he just sort of, he, it, there are times he just doesn't work. He just yeah. doesn't work as as the sort of, because I suppose he's supposed to be an anti-hero. But he just yeah. comes across as a bit of a dick. Yeah, I think it's the glove. Yeah. <laughs> It's not actually, you know, he hasn't had his hand removed. He's just, what he's done is he's found one of the, like I said, he's found the Nintendo Power Gauntlet, and he thinks he looks really cool. He's just taken yeah. all the other bits off it, and real, realistically, Jill is like, oh god, I wish he'd take it off. Yeah, take the glove off. Take the glove off. <laughs> just take it off. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I think he's the weakest character um, in the whole thing, and and you could easily poke, poke the finger at Shades. Yeah. Um. Because as a character, what is he bringing? And that doesn't become apparent until the very end. No, no, not at so, all. Uh, until you get there, it's kind of like, well, Shades is a bit crap. Yeah. Mo is a bit of a dick. Yeah. Jill is a fantastic, hard as nails, badass, who's yeah. basically... Yeah, sorting sorting this whole mess out that you you know brought to a house and dumped on her floor. Yeah, how pissed um, off would you Merry be? Christ- yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> here's some rubbish here's, I found. Here's a psychotic cyborg. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so yeah, no, I I I get that he's as we touched on right at the beginning. He didn't go on to have you know a. a, a a fantastic career. He, he gets work, but yeah. he didn't. He didn't rise to any kind of high heights. Uh, he's not renowned for his acting ability. No. Um, and yeah, and as we discussed, I don't know if we discussed while we were we were recording or before, but Bill Paxton was 
the the preferred choice for this, and I just wonder how how much he would lift that performance. I think he would have br- he would have brought another, a completely different dimension to it. Um, but at the time, he decided to go and make Navy Seals, and we will say no more about Navy Seals. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here. (laughs) Quite literally nothing to see. Now, apparently, Richard Stanley had written a sequel to this called Ground Zero, um, but they could never get it together because the rights to this film, and this is why, obviously, it's sort of, it's stuck... um, in terms of DVD releases and Blu-ray releases and all those kinds of things, is because part of it is owned by the producers and part of it is owned by Miramax. Ah, it's uh, not going to be helpful. No, no. And um, did you notice who were the executive producers on this? I did. I, I didn't I didn't like that they were. <laughs> yeah, there was that moment there where, every, where you go back and you look at something from the 90s and you'll go, Oh. Oh dear. Shall oh. I switch it off now? Oh god. You just just think about every well, there's only one female in this film and you think yeah. did she have a really rough time the yeah. whole time she was making this film? Yeah. I Probably. Know. You see his name come up and you just sort of say, Where's the debt all on a wire brush? It's, oh, it's just, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Well, um however, yeah. um, rumour has it he has COVID nineteen at the moment. May it do its work. Yes. Yes, the universe does talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, again, we I mean, we've bounced all over the place in this, as we do, which is part yes. of the course on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, that's the way it works. Yes. Oh, works in a very loose fashion, I think. Is <laughs> um, held together with duct tape and course language. Um, yeah. Is there anything that we missed? I've uh, it's got a genuine jump scare in this, I think. Oh, yeah. Where after we think that the Mark Thirteen has been blown yes. particularly out of the window, yes, and it break back, yeah, gets me every time. Yes, it does actually, and it got me on this one. Yeah, because um, again, I mean that whole scene is really, really good. Yeah. Um, and again, it's some. I mean, Richard Stanley. You know, he has got some genuine acting chops, uh, directing chops. Yeah. You can re- it's just a shame that in this sort of, there's been a few occasions where he's kind of like sort of, he builds attention, builds attention, builds attention, and then he does something stupid. Yeah. Sort of, it sort of sucks it away. Um, but you know, he's he's a really really good director. Um, yeah. And I mean, the other one is Otherworld. Uh, yeah. That's a great film. That's a great, 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 great film. Not many people have seen it, but it's really, really good. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Did oh, he also do Dust Devil? Yes, which is a great film. I love that film. It is a great... Um, he, and like I said, he was one of the writers on... Um, <laughs> on the, the, the Island of Dr. Moreau. But yeah. apparently he's going to put it right. I can't wait to see. It's. It, I hope he casts Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that would be cool. Because that would be amazing if he could, um, if he could do that, that would be fantastic. You know, because I watched uh, I watched Drive Angry the other night, which is one of my favourite Cage movies for Cage 
cagedness. Yes, it's caginess. Yeah, I love it. Um, I tell you, however, I'm a big fan of Mandy. I haven't seen it yet. It's on. It's oh, on the watch list. It's great. It's absolutely great, and the soundtrack is superb. Yeah, the soundtrack yeah, um, is absolutely superb. Um, all the record shops that I follow uh, have been ramming that down my neck for a, for a while. It is really, really, really good. Really good. Um, I mean, again, Nick Cage is sort of you know he's got um, he's got some interesting credits behind him recently. Yeah, he's my mama, isn't he? Yeah, um, you know he will go and do something like Mandy, um, and then he'll go do Primal. Yeah, or Kill K or Kill Chain, um, <laughs> and then he'll pop up in um, something like um, you know he'll go off and do something you know really really low budget art housey, and it's you know he is you know I mean obviously he's still paying off a lot of debt I would imagine, but yeah. um, you know. He's a superb actor, and I think the pair, him and St- Richard Stanley paired together is a superb combination. Yeah. And I'm yeah. really, really looking forward to uh, Colour Out of Space because um, I am a big Lovecraft fan. Um, yes. I really, really love Lovecraft. Um, but I, 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 the two together, I think, work really, really well. So here we go. How are we going to score this one? It's difficult. Uh, it's difficult. It's absolutely steeped in nostalgia. Mm. Uh, got a great soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, um, it's a it's a movie of contrast. Yes. It, it's um, you've got the direction, which has excellent scenes yeah. in places, um, which seem to be kind of bracketed. Nonsense. Um, we've got fantastic acting performances, but in terms of Lincoln, um, William Hookins, yeah, his performance is brilliant, but that character is so disgusting. Yes, um, that you kind of don't want to. You don't want to think about if that as a, you know. As an entity. No, no. And it's sort of, you know, I mean, it is jarring. This yeah. Is, I mean, I think that's a great way to describe this film. It's very jarring at times. Um, yeah. Yeah. He is minging. It's, it's the, yeah. It's the MTV feel. You've got Shades, who is seemingly useless and yeah. irritating the whole way through it. But then at the end, um, you know, comes up Trump's with his Desert Eagle. Yes. Uh, while smashed off his tits. Uh, you've got you've got Mo, who, as you say, with his power power glove, is wooden and you know doesn't feel like he's invested. Whereas the contrast to him is Stacey Travis, who's simply brilliant and yeah. gives her all to this film, gives everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's. I would say. A movie like this with so many contrasts, but so much nostalgia, epic soundtrack, and then you've got things like Iggy Pop's Angry Bob jarring yeah. you all over the place. Well, I mean, it's only a brief jarring, but it's like, shut up. Yes. Uh, it's, it, you can't say it's all over the place because it's all planned. 
which is the but scary is it... part of it, really. <laughs> yeah, so it's planned badly. Yeah. So if I was watching this film for the first time, what would I score it without all the nostalgia? I think it'd be probably a 6.5. I think that's a fair score. I think that is a fair score. Um, but for, for me, definitely it's 7.5 yeah. because of because of what this movie what this movie like means to me. Absolutely. No, I would, you know, you know, if I, if, you know, I was coming back and I was looking at it again, I'd probably give it a six as well. Um, just cause it's got great moments and then you're taken out of it and then it's got great moments and then you're taken out of it. Um, and with the nostalgia, I, yeah, I'd agree. I, I think you're spot on there. I think you're absolutely spot on with that. I'd sort of 7.5, Maybe touching an eight, depending yeah. on whether you had a drink or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair. That's an yeah. absolutely fair reflection on that. Um, and I'm I, I'm so glad that I've gone back and watched it again. Yeah. Um, because it's always yeah. one of those things that I think it gets overlooked, and I think people should go and watch it and experience yeah. it. And I think Richard Stanley is a great director, and he's a very very clever writer. Um, and he should have the opportunity to do more things. Yeah, I agree. I'm really glad that I own it now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, not that, you know, my um, I need any more DVDs. Or movies, <laughs> but I'll continue to purchase them. And my wife will always look at me as if to say, really? Really? Do you really need you... that version of The Exorcist? When you've got it Are on, you, um... when you've got it on VHS, Peter Max, Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you love that's your film. Yeah, I, I that's, love it. Uh, that's uh, that's that's your um, Jaws. Yes, for me. yes, absolutely. Because I've got uh, too many versions of Jaws, but I just adore that movie. Um, are you at the point now where you've got more hours of film than you've got life left? <laughs> I'm possibly creep into what's that <laughs> it's scary when you think about it i tell you i i mean i've got uh, i'm going to be recording an episode very very soon with uh, dave becker uh from the horror podcast oh, cool. uh, and we're going to be talking about texas chainsaw massacre now that is a man who has one hell of a collection it's terrifying <laughs> terrifying how much he's got and Peter as well. Peter yeah, oh, yeah. is insane. He, yeah. you know, to the point now where he can't, he, he, you know, he cannot have covers. Everything has got to be kept out, taken out the cover and kept separately because he's got no room to put it anywhere. <laughs> That's serious. another level. That is another level. Um, but it's amazing because he has, you know, you say, oh, have you seen this? And it's like, yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. And it's like some of the most random stuff as well, which I love, which is yeah. amazing. Oh. The old movies. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Now, so was, yeah. where go, can go. our good listeners find you? So at the moment, I'm only really active on Insta um, as alt movies. Yeah. Uh, I'm still uh, just watching movies completely blind. Um, how how and where I come across them. Uh, I, I pop an image and a little, little mini review. Uh, so yeah, just check me there on Instagram and uh, yeah, follow and and like. Really appreciate it. What um, any gems you've come across recently? Um, I have been. I watched The Sadist the oh, other day. Right. From nineteen 
Oh, you're going to test me now. I'm going to, I'm literally looking at my Insta now. Um, 1963 with right. Arch Junior. Right. Don't know if you're. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I've heard the name, but I've never seen it. I've never seen it's it. It's brilliant. Right. I, okay. I was. I was so surprised by how good it is. So it's. Um, it's three teachers. So you should watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're on. They're on the way to a Dodgers game. The car breaks down. They end up in like a. a you know, a dusty old car lot like junkyard uh, and then they come across the sadist and his girlfriend right. and for a film and it's literally there's a couple of small roles yeah. in it a couple of other people but for a cast of five mm. nowhere near the same level of dialogue yeah. as the as 12 angry men <laughs> but achieving something in a small space with a small number of actors were all you've the tension and stress in this film is fantastic. And I would like, I'd recommend anyone to see it. It's in, it's in black and white. Um, I mean, Arch Hall is holding a sneer for the entire movie, which must've just worn him out completely because <laughs> it's, it just looks exhausting. Um, that's a movie that I, I really, really enjoyed recently. Um, and I watched uh, Daybreakers with uh, Willem Dafoe and... Yes, uh, Ethan Hawke. Is it Ethan, Ethan Hawke? Yeah. yeah. Um, surprisingly good, I thought. It's a different take on the whole vampire. Yeah. Now, usually, whenever I see anything with Ethan Hawke, I'm like, uh, yeah, it's Ethan Hawke. Okay. Yeah. I'm always a bit wary of him. He's just one of those actors that makes you roll your eyes. Yeah, yeah. But actually, he's, pr- he's pretty good in this. He's pretty good in yeah. it. He's pretty good in it. I like. It. I just like the. I like the take on it. I mean, it's a bit. It's a bit iffy with the whole, you know, getting rid of the vampirism. Yeah. But um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was. I thought it was decent. Yeah. I'm a bit like. Uh, I'm a bit like you and Peter, though. You know, it takes a lot for a film to offend me. Yes. I'm, you know, I, I I sat there yesterday after sort of, you know, doing various bits and bobs, and I jumped um, from watching Hardware, then I watched Mad Monster Party from 1964, with, <laughs> uh, you know, the 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 the, yeah. um, the Bass and Rankin film, and then realised actually I'd married Francesca because my wife looks <laughs> very very similar to Francesca. Um, okay. <laughs> so it's like from from six years old, I, I it kind of like ah right okay that's where it comes from. Yeah. There it yeah. is. There it's, it is. It was planted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also watched uh, Dead Space from 1999 with Mark Singer. Oh. And I'm never getting that time back, and I want yeah. it back. You, <laughs> it was I, awful. I, <laughs> <laughs> it was so- it was so bad. I love, I love those moments though, where you go, "Oh, I've got, I, I'm, you know, I'm in. That's it. Yeah. I am in. I am not yeah. turning this off. I will. Uh, you won't break me. You won't yeah, break I, me." It takes a bad film for me to. But I didn't. Know, I, I watched this one through to the end. Um, but yeah, it was bad. <sighs> it was a, it was a bad one. Yeah. Now, I, Mark Singer. Um, of course, everybody remembers him from Beastmaster and yeah. V. 
He's a yeah. great, great, you know, he's a great cheesy actor. Um, oh, yeah. But Brian Cranston is in Dead Space as well, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, he is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Old Breaking Bad Brian. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 There's a part of me that thinks, there's, there's a little voice in my head going, go on, watch it again. Yeah. Go <laughs> on. Go on. Don't, don't and then I it. know I'll be about 20 minutes in going, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the whole the the whole story is all over the place. Nobody really, no, none of the actors seem to know what it is they're acting for, or what the what the story is about. It's it's mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, and, and Mark Singer is in one of my favourite um, found VHS second films. Oh right. As I as I found the as I found hardware, and it's a, it's a movie called Deadly Game. Right, and it, and it's it's I mean it's the tried and tested. Um, you're on an island. Uh, we're going to hunt you down. If you get to the boat, there's a million quid in the boat. Um, it's been done tons of times. Yeah, there's a good one with Rutger Hauer in, I think, called the tournament. Yes, is that what it's I similar? See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so it's basically the same movie. Yeah, um, bit deadly prey maybe. Yes, I love um, Deadly Prey. It's so good. Those, oh, those shorts. We should yeah. all wear those shorts. It's the fact he beats a guy to death with his severed arm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I got that off a video van. Oh, nice. Now that video is, van. you know, how dodgy is that? Step into my transit van. We have VHS. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, deadly game. It's um, it's definitely worth watching. A Mark, a Mark Singer classic. I'll have to look at that. I love him in V because yeah, the, the, you look at him at times in V where you, you he clearly doesn't have a clue what's going on. So he just puts his shades on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when in doubt, when in doubt. But, yeah, it works for CSI. Well, exactly, exactly. Darren, my friend. Thank you so much for being on. It's always a pleasure. You, Absolute pleasure. It's been nearly a year since you've been on, so we're not going to leave it th- this long again. Uh, we'll have to get you on sooner. We'll have to. We, yeah, we, we, we've been. We've talked previously about a few things, so we'll. Uh, I'll. You know, we'll definitely take you up on that. Um, I'd Absolutely. be amazing to have you back on. Thank My pleasure, again. mate. Honestly, Enjoyed thank it. you so much. Honestly, thank you, mate. You take care now. You too. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Yes. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. See you later, mate. Bye-bye. Once again, I'd like to say a big thank you to Mr. Darren Hall, and we will make sure he will be back very, very soon. Now, before we move on to What the Wookiee Watched, I've got a very quick shout-out to Evan Powell. Hello, Evan. Hope you're enjoying the show. can see that you've been listening to them. So big shout-out to you, mate. Take care and all the best for the future. Now, like I said, What the Wookiee Watched. And up next, we have got a personal favourite of mine. Mad Monster Party from 1967. Let's check out the trailer. Mad Monster Party! Mad Monster Party! Starring Boris Karloff and, in order of their appearance, Dracula, Frankenstein, the werewolf, the hunchback, the mummy, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, 
man in order of his disappearance. The Invisible Man. Also starring Phyllis Diller as the hostess with the least. <laughs> Mad Monster Party! <laughs> it's a come-as-you-are party that's out of this world. You don't get invited. You get committed. It's a psychedelic scary. With the grooviest ghouls of all time. Mad Monster Party! <laughs> Anyone? It's a blast. Yeah. Oh, God, I love that trailer. And I love this film. This is a... Um, this is a staple of my childhood. <laughs> um, this is, of course, the, the Mad Monster Party from uh, 1967. It was directed by Jules Bass... Uh, it stars the voice of Boris Karloff as Baron Boris von Frankenstein. Um, Alan Swift uh, does the voice of Felix Flanken and pretty much all the other male characters uh, in this uh, in this uh, animated, well, stop motion, I suppose. Um, and no, marionette, marionette motion. Yes, yeah, so they're marionettes. Um, and Gail Garnett as the voice of uh, Francesca. And of course, it also features Phyllis Diller, the legendary Phyllis Diller. Now, the story behind this is quite a simple one. Uh, Dr. Frankenstein decides after, you know, he's he's not, he's not only has he cracked the formula for creating life, he's also now cracked the formula for ending all life, I suppose. Um, and he's going to retire and he's going to hand it all over to Felix. However, the monsters have other plans. I love this film. It is, it's so quirky. It's so silly. It's got great gags. Uh, it's got great musical numbers. Uh, it looks fabulous. It really does. And the soundtrack is so cool. I absolutely love this. Now, this is possibly um, nostalgia talking, but for me, I don't care what anybody else says. It's a 10 out of 10. I love it. It's quite hard to track down. Um, I had a bit of a job trying to find this um, on DVD, but I did manage to track it down. I don't think there is a Blu-ray available. Um, it's absolutely superb. Um, I love it. Honestly, it's 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 wonderful. I cannot recommend this enough. So go and check out Mad Monster Party. Okay, up next we have got Little Monsters from 2019. Let's check out the trailer. Lieutenant, sir, why are we here? It's zombies again. Fast ones or slow ones, sir? Slow. Thank God they're slow. Next stop, Pleasant Valley. a super fun time on our trip. I want you all in the line in front of me and away we go. Why are we stopping? There must be something in the way. What is it, Miss Caroline? Play tag. Well, those funny 
looking people out there are it. <laughs> Okay, that was the trailer for 2019's Little Monsters. Um, it was directed and written by Abe Forsyth. It starred uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Alexander England, Josh Gad, Kat Stewart, da- uh, Diesel uh, Latorica, Nadia Townsend, uh, Marshall Napier, uh, Glenn Hasdale, uh, and a whole host of other kids. Um, this is... I was really, really surprised with this. Really, really surprised. The story essentially is you've got the classic um, character of the drunken uncle whose life is falling apart, who moves back in with his sister. Um, He takes a shine to his nephew's uh, kindergarten teacher, I suppose, and tags along to a day out at a petting zoo, which is conveniently located next to a top-secret military base. And a zombie outbreak ensues. Um, this is genuinely excellent. Um, Josh Gad is superb in this. I've been a big fan of Josh Gad um, since I, you know, since uh, I heard him in uh, the Book of Mormon. I think he's absolutely superb in this as the CD uh, Teddy McGiggle, um, the what, the sort of almost washed up. Um, children's presenter. He's absolutely superb. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o is absolutely wonderful as Miss Caroline. Um, Alexander England is great as the Uncle Dave, as well as um, Diesel uh, Latorica. He gives a wonderful performance for a child actor. Um, it's it's great. This film is gory. It's touching. It's funny. It's well-paced. It doesn't slip over into um, sickly sweet kind of uh, kind of area. It's really really good, um, and you just can't help love the characters in this. Honestly, I cannot recommend this enough. Um, for me, um, it's a nine point five. It is absolutely superb. Um, I love this film, and I will certainly be going back and watching it again. Well, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for another episode. 
Um, we'll be back very, very soon. Um, I will be back uh, with Peter, where we are talking the Kenny Everett movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> uh, Bloodbath at Murder House, I think it is. Yeah, I think that's the one. Um, I which is just an insane film. It is totally insane. Um, and I can't wait to talk about that one. And it's great to have Peter on again. Um, so, before I go, let me remind you guys, please, please stay safe. You know, make sure you stay indoors unless you absolutely have to go outside. Wash your hands, because it's not always about you. It's about keeping everybody else and your loved ones safe around you. So, please, guys, stay safe. Keep listening. Uh, we'll have plenty more coming up. Um, drop us a line. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Drop us a message. Let us know what you want us to cover. Um, if there's anything in particular, maybe you want us to, to look at a um, a full feature or maybe some stuff that you'd want us to, you know, some quick reviews on uh, what the Wookiee watched. So, it's all that's left for me to say in the immortal words of Count Duckula. Good night out there. Mm-hmm.